This is The Blackout. We're coming to you from BellyUpSports.com. He is Alan Denton. I am Thomas Black, and we are here with you because we are the best college football pick and pod in the land. Alan, welcome back. How are you as we head into the final regular season slash postseason week of the year? I'm good, man. I'm surprised to be back for another uh, regular season edition for this. I think all of us kind of are, and uh, but uh, you know, excited to to have some some content on uh, uh, really kind of either makeup weekend slash um, championship weekend. Yeah, dude, it is weird. I told you I've talked to a bunch of people this past week trying to get this thing figured out. Uh, back in November, I was trying to keep everybody as situated as possible. You and I talked about how a CBSSports.com with the standings page. We haven't really been able to tell how many weeks we're going to be in this competition. So back in November, I was ahead of the game. I was proactive. I reached out to their support team and I said, hey, how many weeks are in this competition? They told me, hey, you're done after December 12th. And I said, what? Why are we going to be done before championship weekend? Is that not included? And they said, no, it's not included. You're good to go. Well, lo and behold, we get to this week and sure enough, we get 15 more games on the board. And I had to write them back and I said, what in the world are you all talking about? Why'd you tell me the wrong thing? And they said, well, we told you the right thing, but then in early December, we changed our mind and we decided to open it back up. They just didn't tell me about it. So, Alan, we find ourselves in a weird <laughs> predicament, but alas, it's going to work out. Yeah, it will. It will. It's going to be another fun week, another kind of reason to watch some, uh, watch some football, and, uh, which I'm all for. Because of the way things went down, Alan and I talked about it. We talked about it with the, with the team at BellyUpSports.com. We decided, hey, we told everybody that the podcast pick'em contest was going to be done after December 12th. We decided to hold to that. So our regular season winner is Garrett, the guy who's dominated almost the entire time. He walks away with $175 in prizes, uh, but that's not it. So sure, you could make up some ground this week. It's not going to determine anything. Garrett's already won the grand prize, but this week we are still offering the opportunity for anyone with a perfect slate to have their name thrown into a drawing for a $100 prize pack from Manscaped. So that's why Alan and I are with you this week because we're going to tell you how to best make your pick so you can possibly get close to getting a perfect slate this week. Alan, it's going to be an exciting weekend. Yeah, it is. It's totally worth going for the, you know, $100 from Manscaped and congratulations to Garrett. I mean, from really from start to finish, he was he was better. And so, uh, you know, big big kudos to him. Definitely so. Alan, let's go ahead and jump into it. I broke my board this week into kind of three groupings. Uh, my very top grouping are games I don't think we're going to talk about very much because, hey, everybody kind of knows who's going to win these games if you pay any attention to college football. So I'm looking at uh, two games in which they're such big favorites. I've got no concern, no question, automatic, better teams going to win. Ohio State over Northwestern, Alabama over Florida. Beyond that, I've got two other games in which, hey, I think they could be reasonably closer games, but I still feel very confident in who the better team is, or at the very least, there's absolutely no reason for me to pick the underdog. That's Texas A&M over Tennessee and Tulsa losing to Cincinnati. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I've kind of got those, I mean, those locks. There's no reason that Cincy or um, or A&M would, would really lose in those instances, right? Like, 
A&M still has a lot to play for. If there was something, you know, and Cincinnati has a lot to prove. And and so both of those schools, I think, have a lot to, to still play for. And that, and that's kind of how you have to play these late season type games and bowl games is like you kind of have to interpret who do you think actually wants to be there. And and I, I'm with you on kind of both of those. I think A&M and Cincy both roll to a fairly easy victory. Yeah, and the thing is to me that I think that Tulsa has been a pretty good, pretty competitive team this year. They've just yeah. been limited oh, on yeah. the offensive side. And if they can slow down Cincinnati offensively, this could be a really close game and maybe Tulsa figures out a way to win it. But consistently throughout the year, Cincinnati's definitely been the better team. There's no question about yep. it. And so that's kind of my leaning on it. it if, if I'm surprised, it's, I'm a, it's surprised because it's a very close game, very tight, and maybe Tulsa finds a way to win by three. But on the other end, I think Cincinnati's a good enough team that they could win this easily by a couple of scores, maybe even more if they play really well. Agreed. I think if they play this game ten times, probably Cincinnati wins it seven or eight. Yeah. Right. Which, yeah. which kind of gives you that wiggle room. There's there's not a lot of avenues for Tulsa to win this game. There are a whole lot more avenues for Cincinnati to win this game. So I, that's it. And if if you're getting into that, they win seven or eight out of ten times, in my opinion. That's that's a, pretty much a lock. Now we talked about those four games at the top. Are there any others that you're throwing into that category? No, I mean, more than, you know, just kind of, I think Ohio State, you know, Bama and, and uh, I, I even actually throw kind of Clemson into that. Um, I, I think they're more of a, a lock as well. Interesting. I have them in my yeah. toss-up category, but uh, but we can talk it out. So um, let's see. I'm going to keep on kind of taking us through these games in this order. Uh, there's another section that I have that are, hey, it's kind of the thing I said with Cincinnati. Uh, I think that one team is uh, definitely my play this week, although I think these are closer games, and I think uh, definitely the underdog could win it or the team that uh, I think uh, is going to win it. You know, I think the other side could have a chance, uh, but I, I'm definitely solidified in my side on these games. I like UCLA over Stanford. I like Oklahoma yep. over Iowa State. I like Utah over Washington State, and I like Air Force over Army this week. Alan, you have any thoughts on those? Um, I, I actually really like, um, you know, I, I'm going to go on the other side of, I think Army's going to be Air Force. Okay. Um, I just don't know that we know enough about Air Force and I think we know a good bit about Army at this point. It's more of a, a known versus more of an unknown type mm-hmm. of thing. Now they were not overly impressive last week against Navy um, at all, only winning 15 to nothing. I think that Navy is incompetent offensively this year. Um, and Air Force has not been. But I, I think that um, I, I've got Army in that game, just thinking that it's going to be a, a tighter one. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you on UCLA. Um, I, I think that that one's, that one's fairly easy to choose. I'm actually going opposite of you. I'm choosing Iowa State. That doesn't surprise and, me too much. Yeah, I, I Oklahoma's hitting their stride, but when I think about okay, who like who really has everything to play for? Iowa State still has everything to play for, right? I mean, they were they moved up a little bit again in the college football playoff rankings. Um, I think Brock Purdy is the you know nearing the end of the season. They were just dog whooping everybody, 
Yeah. It felt like they really had found a stride too. So in my opinion, this comes down to defense. And I think Iowa State has a better defense that might be able to turn Spencer Rattler over a couple of times, and that'll be the difference in the game. I really do think the turnovers could be a big question in this game. And again, this is not one that by any means do I think it's out of reach. Uh, But you kind of mentioned Iowa State's been hitting their stride. I think that Oklahoma, even though they haven't played as clean the last couple of weeks, I think before Mm -hmm. that they really were hitting their stride. And I think some of the guys they brought back uh, from suspension – injury, those kinds of things, I think really benefited them. Here's the one thing that I keyed in on in this game, Alan. I I liked Oklahoma when I first looked at the matchup. I looked at it statistically, and I liked it even more because of this. Oklahoma's defense has given up less than 100 rushing yards per game. Now, Iowa State has a fairly balanced offensive attack, but their strength is Brees Hall, okay? He's been a workhorse this year. He's been dominant. People are talking about him as the Big 12 player of the year. If Oklahoma is going to be able to separate from Iowa State, I think it's because of that defensive running game. And when you look at Ronnie Perkins getting back on the field on the defensive line, Isaiah Thomas, who I think has played pretty well this season, I think that this Oklahoma defense may be able to slow down Brees Hall. And if you do that, I like Oklahoma's offense a lot more than I do Iowa State's. Agreed. The top shelf, kind of top end of that, most certainly Oklahoma is far more, um, far more explosive and kind of has that top-shelf talent, uh, Iowa State has to be able to run the ball. And as you said, that that is going to have to go through Hall. Um, I, I just have less faith that they'll be able to do that, given how physical Iowa State is up front. It is certainly going to be interesting to see what comes of that game. Alan, what are your thoughts on Utah-Washington State? Uh, I think Utah's starting to find their stride. Um, it, they're, they're starting to get some things figured out offensively. I've got Utah in that one as well. Um, we still don't know a ton about Washington State. They've, they've had to cancel several games. They played Oregon tight earlier, you know, at least in that first three quarters. Um, but with this being at Utah, they, don't, they just don't lose these types of games, right? <laughs> I'm with so I, you. I think like that's one of those where they're like six and a half or seven times out of ten they're going to win that game. So they're they're more in that less out of the toss up and more in the closer to the lock range. Yeah, and I feel good about that too. I think that's the thing for me is Washington State. They've been kind of exciting offensively, uh, but defensively, I think they've struggled some. Like you said, I think Utah's mm-hmm. kind of pulling this thing together. I think they've played pretty good defense all year. I think the offense is maybe figuring some things out. And even that game with Washington State against Oregon. Sure, they were in it for three quarters, but you go back to that. They've been, they haven't looked as good since then. And if you look back at that game, they really benefited from turnovers in the first half. Yeah. They were able to get up on Oregon early in that game because of that. And then I, I think as that game went on, they really faded. And I think in recent weeks, they've kind of backed that up and showing maybe, maybe they're not quite as good as the early indications of that game. And Jake Bentley has, and he's kind of the, the deal breaker, right? If he turns the ball over, which he is prone to do, then this game is close. If he doesn't, then Utah should be able to figure it out and beat them, you know, double digits. Sure. And the other one that I mentioned that you went the other way on, you went with Army. I said I was going with Air Force. I think that's simply because even though there are less data points with Air Force to this point, I think you're exactly right with that. I think the Air Force has just simply been better offensively. I think they're both comparable defensively, but I think uh, Mm -hmm. they put the similar stuff on the field. Uh, I think Air Force's offense has been better. 
This is the type of game triple option offenses against each other. Uh, a turnover or two could just flip it to the other side. Uh, but just statistically, I think Air Force has been the better team to this point. So that's that's why I put a little bit more stock in them going into this week. And I think, uh, I think according to Vegas, I think the Falcons are like a seven-point favorite in this game. Yeah, you know, which which is not surprising given that they have a, a much higher offense about put as you as you talked about. Um, I just think Todd Munkin's a, a really really good coach, and and Army's a it's they're a tough out, and uh, neither I agree that the kind of the team that makes the if they force a turnover or or, or give up some turnovers that will be the difference in this game. I think this will end up being a field goal kind of. Maybe in that touchdown range, I just got Army on the at home getting on that, the the top end of that. Sure, and that's again, these games are kind of falling in that range where I can absolutely understand somebody falling on the other side of it. These are just games that I thought, hey, I found something that I like these teams more. It was my gut feel going in, and then I found some stuff statistically yeah. that I liked. Uh, but I, by no means do I think these are outside the realm of uh, of the teams I'm with. Uh, losing the game so Alan one I want to know your thoughts on you mentioned that you have it higher up in your confidence this week Clemson over Notre Dame is what you have tell me what your thought process is based on what we saw in the first matchup the double overtime thriller with Notre Dame coming away with a win Uh, what are your thoughts going into this matchup obviously Trevor Lawrence and some of those guys are back as well for Clemson exactly I think that's a really big deal right now here's I'm just going to call him uh, DJ he, uh, DJ, he, he, he was, uh, you know what? He was incredible in that game. He was not the reason they lost that game. They lost that game defensively, right? And and that was that was their big issue. They've been able to, to kind of figure some things out against lesser competition over the past couple of weeks, playing much better defensively, much more sound. They've had a chance to, to kind of rest up. You know, they've had a couple of, uh, or at least one forced by a week a few weeks ago with, with Florida state and um, they, they, I think they will, they will be coming in really sharp and looking for revenge. And in my opinion, playing for their spot in the college football playoff. Sure. Sure. If they lose this game, I don't think they deserve to get in. Um, So I I think they're, they are going to be highly, highly motivated. Whereas Notre Dame um, probably has a little bit less to play for other than just pure kind of respect and just the pride of it. Um, I think they will, Brent Venables second time around will have some things for Ian book that he didn't have that first game. And so I, I look forward to seeing that matchup. I don't think this will be nearly as high scoring as that first matchup, because I think Clemson defensively will be able to, will be able to stuff the run enough and control Ian book enough. Uh, this ends up being 12, uh, 10, 13 point game. Yeah, this is this is one that uh, I'm not as convinced in it as you are. I think it's a one possession game. Uh, Vegas has Clemson favored by I think it's 10, 10 and a half points in this game right now. And I, yeah. I guess I get it. Uh, but I, I was really impressed by Notre Dame in that first matchup, man. And I think rightfully both teams had their opportunities to win the game. There were mess ups mm-hmm. on both sides. You know, it easily could have gone either side. But like you mentioned, DJ Uyunglele, he performed really, really well. I don't think that Clemson's necessarily gaining all that much with Trevor Lawrence being back on the field this week. 
Uh, of course, you do have Tyler Davis, the defensive tackle back. You have James Skalski, the linebacker back. Uh, I think there's a couple mm-hmm. other guys that missed some time in that game as well for Clemson. Um, so I'm going with Clemson as well, but I think this is a one-score game. Uh, I go back to that game with Notre Dame. Uh, the Irish really ran the ball well. Uh, they were able to move the ball on the ground. The other side, Travis Etienne, was virtually non-existent in this game. So I think Notre Dame was really good on both lines of scrimmage. And if they're better uh, in this game on both lines of scrimmage, again, I think it's a one-score game, whoever comes out on top. So I'm with you. I'm going with Clemson, uh, but I just put it more in the toss-up range because I was really impressed by Notre Dame uh, and what they did in this matchup previously and what they've done consistently uh, all throughout the year. Agreed. They they have been far more consistent offensively than I ever thought they would be coming into the year, and even about halfway through the year. You know, they they just they've just been able to be very very consistent, which is uh, remarkable. And kudos to Brian Kelly and and everything that they've done. I, I do wonder, um, I, I do wonder the impact of you know somebody like Clark Leah that. You know, as he takes over the Vandy job, I know that that's not something that he's thinking about at this point. He's thinking about this game, but you, you do wonder if that takes some of the sharpness out of their defense, which has been a strength of theirs this year. Yeah, definitely an interesting question, Alan. As we get into these games that I view as more toss-ups, I've got to mention too. I, I don't know if you mentioned it earlier, uh, but the Iowa-Michigan game this week has been canceled, so it hasn't been pulled off our board yet on CBSSports.com. Uh, but once you get up there and you're making your picks, it may still be there. But that game has been canceled, so it's not going to be a part of our picks this weekend. Um, so, Alan, what are your thoughts on Louisiana Coastal Carolina? This one is a is a total toss-up. I, I like, um, I think just in my heart of hearts that I'm leaning towards choosing Louisiana actually over Coastal Carolina. I think Coastal Carolina is pretty good. I think they've bought into the hype a good bit, but I, I, I like Billy Napier's team a bit better. I think they're, other than the BYU game, they're a bit more proven. Um, you know, Coastal Carolina was able to beat a BYU and a, a matchup where they have to come across country with three days to prepare and, and all of those types of things. I actually think Louisiana is a bit of a, a more proven team um, having at the start of the year to go to Iowa state and beating an Iowa state team that, you know, potentially if all the chips fall where they need to could potentially be in that possible playoff. Um, I, I'm, I'm leaning at this point towards Louisiana. How about you? I'm with you. I'm picking Louisiana in this game. For me, it boils down to these teams have already played once this year. Coastal Carolina obviously being undefeated. They came away with the win 30-27, to but I think it was a very evenly matched game, back and forth. And then one of the things I pulled out in looking back at that game is Coastal Carolina scored one of their touchdowns, seven points, on a very short field. It was right off an interception, the only turnover of the game for Louisiana. I think it was like from 28 yards out. And uh, that was a big turning point in the second half of this game for Coastal Carolina to come away with the win. So I just think if Louisiana, who's been a very good team this year, cleans up their performance a little bit, I think they're probably, you know, maybe uh, inches inches better than, than what Coastal Carolina yep. is. So so I'm with you. I'm, I'm going with Louisiana in this matchup. I like it. I like it. I'm a big fan of Billy Napier. He's done an incredible job there. Um, and Chadwell got, you know, a seven-year extension a few days ago. Um, you, you wonder how hungry they are at that, at that point in the year. How about Missouri-Mississippi State? 
Uh, I'm going Mizzou. I think with Connor Basilak and, and uh, Eli Drinkwitz has been simply incredible in his first year. Um, you know, they they put up a good fight against Georgia in the first half last week, but it just didn't have the firepower in the second half. Otherwise, they have been playing really good football. Um, I, I wonder how much that Mississippi State's going to want to be there, whereas – you know, I think with Connor Bazelak as a redshirt freshman leading that team, they're going to want to go down to Starkville. And, and I think they win this one rather easily. I like it. Uh, Missouri, I, I'm kind of thinking this is going to be a close game, but I'm on the same side as you. I like Missouri in this matchup. The reason I think it's a closer game is because of this Mississippi State defense. It's been pretty good this year. We've talked about that before. It it's been really good against the running game. And Larry Roundtree is really important for the Tigers offensive attack. Um, so I'm going to side with Missouri. Like you mentioned, I like Eli Drinkowitz and what he's brought to the table for the Tigers this year. I think they've been improving throughout the season. And Mississippi State, they look improved at times, and sometimes they look kind of lost. I think they're going to be able to come up with a defensive uh, game plan to slow down the passing attack from Mississippi State. So I like Missouri in this one. I just think it's going to be closer than you. How about uh, Ole Miss and LSU? Ooh, this, in my opinion, this is the trickiest game of the week. Um because uh, the LSU, I think, has found their quarterback. Uh, Max Johnson was incredibly impressive last weekend in their upset over Florida. I mean, he was poised. He, he's really, really difficult to bring down. He, he just moves nicely in the pocket. And they still have, even after losing Jamar Chase and Terrence Marshall and, uh, and everybody, even from last year's team, They've got a lot of talent offensively. You know, they've got a lot of talent on the in the wide receiver position. Um, as of right now, at at home, I tend to lean LSU. I think they're starting to figure some things out defensively too enough. And uh, with uh, with BJ Ojolari coming off the edge, I think he may be able to get to Matt Corral enough, and they can slow down the running game and maybe force a turnover to. Um, like they did this past week against Kyle Trask. I'm going to go with LSU on this, feeling good about themselves after last week's big victory, um, uh, upsetting uh, Ole Miss and, uh, and the fighting Lane Kiffins. Yeah, this is one that I feel very questionable about on both sides. Uh, I love Ole Miss's offense and what Lane Kiffin's been doing on that side. Uh, but LSU, yep. it seems to have been playing a little bit better with some of the younger guys they're bringing up. Uh, they've had a ton of opt-outs. They've lost a ton of guys through the draft. It's been a mess of a year. Uh, but LSU has has been fighting, and, and I like that from them. They're probably the more talented roster, so that's something I think to take under consideration. My gut tells me go with Ole Miss, uh, but I don't love it. And as I evaluate this heading into Saturday, I could flip back to the other side like you. Uh, it's just I think this can be a back-and-forth game. I think there could be a ton of points scored. And uh, I, I think I'd go with uh, Lane Kiffin and the creativity that he has offensively in this side. Uh, but that Ole Miss defense has been so, so bad. I think there's going to be a bunch of points scored. Oh, oh they're awful. They're so, they're so horrendously bad. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It, this, this one, to me, is a true toss-up. And if you play it 10 times, it's probably five and five, no more than six and four to, to either side. Um, I, I think it comes down to who, who forces a, a couple of turnovers. I think that's what it ends up doing. 
Alan, we've only got two games left to look at. Let's take a look at one that I think you might be a little bit more confident in than me. How about Boise State and San Jose State in the Mountain West Conference Championship? Oh, this one makes me uncomfortable because San Jose State, (laughs) it it, kind of gives me the meat sweats because San Jose State has, has, you know, done a good job this year. And Boise State just hasn't been supremely dominant. I have Boise State. But, you know, I'm picking them on my board. They're going to be like a at a five or something like that. They're going to be in that lower third. Yeah, I understand that. And I like that that's where your head is at, Alan, because uh, I fell in the exact same category. Man, I, I think that this game can be very, very close. You look at Boise State, they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite right now, according to Vegas. I understand it. They've got the better program than San Jose State does. Uh, but yeah. when I look at what these two teams have done this year, I think San Jose State has had the better season. I think the Spartans have been really good. I think they're better on the offensive side of the ball. I think they run the ball better than Boise State does. I think they're better against the run than Boise State is. So I'm going with the upset in this one. I think it can be a really close game. I I think there's going to be very few few people in our uh, contest who pick San Jose State. uh, But I'm going with the Spartans in the upset in this one. I think they've been a little bit better. And when you match them up against similar opponents that they've played this year, I think San Jose State has come out consistently with better performances. So, um, you know, Boise State, uh, they've always got good players. They've always got a good system. I just think they have not found themselves offensively this year. So I'm going with the Spartans in this matchup. Yeah, I can't say that I blame you. They, they, like you said, they have been really good this year. Um, and and yeah, they, they and by all intents and purposes, have been better than Boise State. You're really picking Boise State because of the program, right? Like this is historically a better program, and in these kinds of matchups, that tends to win out. You know, it, they they just find a way to win these types of games. It's the reason they are who they are. Sure, but I think this is going to be a a really really tight one. Should be a fun game to watch. All right, how about our last one out of the Pac-12, Arizona State and Oregon State. Again, this is one that you could maybe feel more confident than me, but I put it also in my toss-up category. Oh, no, this one's this one's way low. This one's this is actually my lowest game. Nice. Uh, uh yeah, I've I've got Arizona State. I'm going to go with Herm on this one um, cuz he plays to win the game and uh <laughs> I mean, coming off basically their scrimmage last week with uh, um, Arizona, with Arizona <laughs> in the game that sealed um, Kevin Sumlin's fate. I think with Jaden Daniels, he'll be able to do enough. But Oregon State surprised this year, and and they they really um, played pretty well. But I think Arizona State has enough. Uh, especially with you know Jaden Daniels and being able to run the ball, but they'll be able to take care of business. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I'm I'm siding with Arizona State as well. I like Jaden Daniels at quarterback. Uh, I like what that program's been having going on with them the last couple of seasons. I think they're decent defensively. Don't think they're necessarily that great offensively. They've got to yeah. figure some things out. Uh, this Oregon State team, I think, is a program that's really coming along. I think they're improving. Uh, they really showed they that, I think, in that game against Oregon. I think they are fully capable of winning this game. And uh, I think this is, again, one of those games that you probably see a lot more people on Arizona State. And I'm going to be there. Like you said, you are too. Uh, but I'm telling people who are in this pick'em contest trying to come away with the perfect week, I'm saying some of you need to be on Oregon State because I think this is a close enough game uh, that it easily could fall on either side. Agreed. This is a true toss-up, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, I, I can seriously see as many reasons to see 
why Oregon State would win this game is Arizona State. My my gut just kind of tells me sometimes it's a feel thing, you know. And and my gut says Herm Edwards and Arizona State they've been pretty good this year. Should have won at USC, but um, USC has been in a ton of those kind of games and just found a way to to freaking win every one of them. Um, it's been unreal, but uh, they've just they've been pretty good. But Oregon State, their trajectory right now is really on upswing. Like we talked about, 14 games on the board this week, and uh, it's still Thursday afternoon as we are recording this, so there could be another cancellation or two in there somewhere. Uh, I don't know which ones it would be at this point because I haven't heard that many rumors, uh, but we easily could see another one fall off. But 14 games on the board, looking for a 14-0 slate this week. That would be getting your name into a drawing for a $100 prize pack from Manscaped. And Alan, it gets even better from here because we are about to kick off our ESPN Bowl Mania competition. You can join the ESPN Bowl Mania competition by searching for the Blackout Podcast. We've already had 25-plus people join the podcast group, and uh, we're going to have a lot more. And just as another commitment today, we are now up to $250 in prizes split between the top three finishers in this contest. So we've got a lot of cool stuff going on. And Alan, you and I are going to be right back here sometime late Sunday afternoon, maybe Sunday evening, recording (laughs) another podcast because bowl games start on Monday and we've got to give the people the content. Yeah, exactly. We got to give the people what they want, man. People are (laughs) clamoring for it. They'll, They'll riot in the streets. It'll be like Shiano Sunday again, people riding in the streets if, if we don't get that, that content out on Sunday. So I look forward to um, producing that later in the week and getting into the bowl games. That's it's, going to be a ton of fun. Make sure you get back to it because Alan and I are going to bring you our playoff picks. We're also going to bring you five value picks apiece for the board. You're going to want to listen to the content early in bowl season. Hey, you may not get it before those first games kick off, but make sure you listen to it at some point because we are going to get you value plays. We're going to get you our playoff picks, and that should be able to help you be able to compete for those prizes up at the top of the competition. So we're pumped about that. As always, Alan, one of the biggest things people can do is rate and review the show, especially on Apple iTunes. Exactly. That's a huge help. It lets those content providers know that, that you appreciate and like what you're doing. And that allows them to um, push it further for, uh, for other people that have similar interests than you. So it's a huge deal and a huge help to us. Follow us on social media, find the show on Facebook and on Twitter at the blackout pod. You can find Alan at AD on the blackout. You can find myself at TB on the blackout and make sure you tune back in late Sunday, early Monday, the start of next week, sometime for that bowl pick'em contest and make sure you get in the group search the blackout podcast on espn's bowl mania alan as always thank you so much for the time absolutely man loved it Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. <laughs>